homily for the Solemnity of Pentecost Sunday. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, June 5th, 2022. Describing the Holy Spirit is a big challenge, because as human beings we can only conceive of him using various symbols. The deposit of faith provides a number of images, like the dove that appeared above Christ at his baptism, or the tongues of flame that came to rest on the apostles' heads at Pentecost, as illustrated so brilliantly in our window along the north wall. This manifestation of the love between the Father and the Son poured out upon us is mysterious to our sensible imaginations. We grasp for images that clarify his power and characteristics, knowing that they only take us so far. Two particular analogies have helped me greatly in thinking about just how the Holy Spirit works in the world. The first analogy is of water. Rain falls from the sky as one thing. It doesn't change into something else before reaching the ground, but that singular gift of rain benefits all living things and produces all manner of effects from crops to fruit trees to everything else we can imagine. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the earth and produces an immeasurable number of gifts within the body of Christ. He is not limited in his power, but sadly, we can limit the efficacy of his power by our hardness of heart and lack of faith. The second analogy is of sunlight. When we walk through an open field on a warm, sunny day, the rays of the sun reach everything in the landscape, but each of us standing outside feels the sun's rays in their fullness, as if they were shining down on us alone and nothing else. Similarly, the Holy Spirit shines upon all of God's children with a full potency and is not weakened or diluted no matter how many of us Christians there happen to be. The pilgrims who came to Jerusalem in today's first reading from Acts of the Apostles had much the same experience of the Holy Spirit. The miracle of that first Pentecost Sunday was that everyone could understand what the Apostles were saying, even though they had come from a wide variety of places. Each person received a new birth in the Holy Spirit and a full measure of graces, as though it were intended for only one person. Some 3,000 people were baptized that day, and the sacraments of baptism and confirmation are the means for each of us to enter into life with Christ. In fact, the primary effect of confirmation is a full outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as first unfolded on that first Feast of Pentecost. As the Church Fathers reflected on the meaning of Pentecost, they were reminded of an event recorded early in the book of Genesis. Some generations after the Great Flood, a group of people conspired to build a tower in an attempt to reach heaven. Their intention was not to draw near to God in an act of piety, but to become a rival and wrestle power away from him. God's response was not to bring destruction upon the earth. He had promised by his covenant to Noah and the sign of the rainbow in the sky that he would never again do such a thing. Rather, 
God confused the language of the people. It so happens to be a mere coincidence that the name for the Tower of Babel resembles the English verb to babble. B-A-B-B-L-E is derived from the same Greek word that gives us the name barbarian, that is, someone who speaks a foreign language. Out of their disobedience, the ancient peoples became scattered and regarded one another as adversaries. Christ has come to unite us in himself, and the miracle of the Holy Spirit breached the barriers of language so that the gospel would reach the ears of everybody. A classic hymn entitled, We Turn to You, O God of Every Nation, contains the following clever line, Defeat our babble with your Pentecost. Many of you may remember the book that we gave out last Christmas, Finding Joy by Chris Stefanik. I'm going to let you in on a little secret and something I ought not to admit. I hadn't read through it all when we distributed it. I had skimmed a few parts of it. Well, earlier this month on my retreat, I took some time to read through it more carefully and to the end. There is a wonderful analogy that the author uses that I wanted to tie into today's celebration. Stefanik spoke about a time when he and his family went hiking through a section of California's redwood forests. He recalled seeing in person the world's largest tree, named General Sherman. This tree is 36 feet wide in diameter at its base, is 275 feet tall, weighs nearly 7,000 tons, and its bark is up to two feet thick. The author spoke about how surreal it felt to be among trees of that size and how they dwarfed everything. He said that he always assumed giant sequoias had very deep roots in order to sustain their massive size, but that's not quite true. On average, their roots only run 5 to 10 feet deep, but the roots run perpendicular to the ground for a very long distance. It's as though the trees in a forest are woven together just below the surface and hold each other up and this accounts for their sturdiness in resisting harsh weather. Stefanik took this as a metaphor for how we as Christians are to be strong. He didn't infer that there is no need for depth in our individual witness, but what we do as solitary human beings cannot be the whole story. There is a lot to be said for drawing strength from one another and being church, if you will. In nearly all of chapter 17 of John's Gospel, Jesus prayed on Holy Thursday night that his disciples would be one, united with one another as he is with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Christophonic goes on in this book, Finding Joy, to quote a priest friend who defines the virtue of faith as leaning against something so hard that were it not there, you would fall over. The Holy Spirit has given us the gift of faith. Woe to us if we allow such a gift to fall by the wayside. Amen.